Anyway, hello everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Some Nerds in a Podcast. That, was, that completely out of context opening uh, is our new thing. That's what we're doing. Yep. Um, I'm Nick. I'm Alex. I'm, I'm oh, I'm Elise. Sorry. <laughs> I was still looking up why male tortoiseshell cats are really rare. Uh, it's got something um, to do with like the it's genetics. Yeah, it's you're got, explaining it's, it. Yeah, no. So it's like you have to have the X. Um. It's not because just... they have to have both X chromosomes. Yes. They have to have the black X chromosome and the orange X chromosome. Yes. So the only time that you can have a male torty is if they have the XXY yes. genetic makeup, which consequently apparently also leads to them being generally sterile, hmm. which I didn't know. Yes. So anyway. Um, but that's um, that's not just tortoiseshells. That's all forms of calicos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, it, it's interesting because like half, your skin like humans are kind of like this way too but i'm trying to remember exactly the explanation for it but since like we don't we we have you know melanin we have different amounts of melanin but we don't have like actual colors yeah like it doesn't it's not as noticeable for human beings but like basically with cats patches of their fur either come from their their father or their mother Mm-hmm. I've, I've had this explained to me once before. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, it's a Thanksgiving special. We have a tortoiseshell cat. Yeah. Uh, in case anybody cares. And she's hanging around right yeah. now while we're talking. And about she's her, quite so. the pretty kitty. She is a very pretty <laughs> kitty. Um. So it's Thanksgiving. Yay! We're Yay. gonna talk about other things not related to Thanksgiving, but this is coming out on Thanksgiving. So Eat. we hope you all are having a very happy Thanksgiving or. Or whatever. If, you know. Um for those of for those of you of the Muslim faith, happy belated birthday for the Prophet Muhammad, uh, which was earlier this week, I think. Um and that's something people, people celebrate that? Yeah, apparently. What is it? Eid, is it what is it? Eid what? No, it's not Eid. Eid is it was in uh, August this year. Oh, yeah. Um as apparently like a minor holiday, but like the banks are closed. Like yeah. that kind of a thing. Okay. <laughs> um so yeah. Um, we are hanging out the day before Thanksgiving. We've been, Lisa and I at least have been cooking all day in preparation for our Thanksgiving celebration tomorrow. We'll, we, we'll be watching all of the Lord of the Rings movies and eating like hobbits. So we're doing all six meals. Um, we're actually doing seven meals per the For the movies, movies. but the books are uh, different. But the books, the books that's only But we're six. not reading all the books tomorrow, nerds, so we're doing the movie shit. Yeah, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> uh, Wait, what's the seventh meal? Supper. Dinner, supper. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's supper. Which I'm pretty sure was like just an imp, like an ad lib. It might have been. By, um, who was the guy that played Peregrine? Oh, I can't remember. Billy Boyd. I think Billy Boyd just like fucked that up and added in supper. So now it's like hobbits eat seven meals, but they don't. They only eat six. Weirdos. <laughs> Yep. Um, so you guys are gonna have seven meals tomorrow. Yes, yeah. seven small oh, meals. God. And after after all that food tomorrow, today. yesterday. Yeah, after the, all the food today. So like this is this is what happens when you're an adult in a committed relationship, is like the the way your family is like divvy you up for the holidays. It's adults who are in committed relationships without children. Yeah. This is, this is like, because if we had kids, we'd just be like, no, we're spending the day with our kids. Fuck off. Uh, but we wouldn't say that. So instead, we it's like. We have two cats. It should count. It, it should count, but it doesn't for some reason. And so, uh, and so you're kind of like expected to attend 
multiple versions of every holiday. So uh, for Thanksgiving, it was like, well, his mom does the Wednesday before and my parents claimed the Friday after. But like nobody asked us for actual Thanksgiving. So we were like, let's pretend like we have plans <laughs> and instead just watch all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, so it's it's I'm really looking forward to it. You can check out our live feed of Twitter. Maybe, Maybe. Are you, you're going to be live tweeting. The we might be. We might be. Live. I think I'm going to live tweet it. Okay. Yeah. OK. Do it. Cool. I Make look... us get Internet famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, we're going to probably do a pretty short episode this week because we've got. We've got our first of many Thanksgivings yes. to get to in right. a couple hours here. Um, oh, and then we have like a Friendsgiving on Sunday. Like one of my friends wants to do a, a leftover oh, swap. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about on that. On Sunday, which actually we're gonna I think is kind of cool. We have a lot of stuff for that, so that'll I think be that's fine. A, that's a neat idea. Um, so we're not stuck eating Ballin's spiced beef for five days. Um, it's going to be really good, though. I just yeah. put the marinade on. It's going to be sweet. Shout out to, was it Lord of the Rings Recipes? or uh, Middle El- Earth Recipes. MiddleEarthRecipes.com, uh, which is a website that I'm pretty sure was stopped updating after, like, the last movie came oh, out God. in 2003. Yeah, it's, it's like, very it's much really... Web 1.0. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't... Um, there are like hyperlinks that just like it's a, just one really long website. Yeah. Instead of taking you to separate pages. Yeah, the hyperlink just, just like, like takes you to different parts of the same page. I love it. Yeah, There's I love a everything back, about it. Back to top, like anyway. So there are like 50 recipes all listed on this one web page. They all look really good though. Yeah, I know they all like, but like a lot of them too are like Strider's Scotch eggs, and it's like that that you phoned that shit in. Yeah. All right. Well, um, like the other things in there are like you know. You know, there's lots there's of cakes. Like Lambus bread. Lambus bread. We're yeah. making Bjorn's honey cake tomorrow. Or we I made were, it today. I made it, yeah. So that'll uh, be our breakfast. That'll be first breakfast tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so you out there in internet land, uh, if you're not doing anything, come to this undisclosed location. By the time um, by the time you're hearing this. <laughs> we'll already be halfway through yeah. Return of the King. So. Probably. Uh, which, yes, we are watching the extended versions because we're not monsters. <laughs> oh. Are you watching just the Lord of the Rings or are you tagging the Hobbit? Oh, oh those uh, those movies don't exist, oh, so okay. we can't actually we're, watch well, them. Well, I mean, we could we could watch the only Hobbit movie that anyone needs, which no! is the 1970s Rankin-Bass. I like that version. Oh, my God. No, stop. Why do you Why is... They talk about Elrond, the half-elven, being like... He looks like what you think... He looks like the Lord of the Rings movies. Like he's he looks like, like a human like with Mr. 20 Anderson? years. Yeah. Uh. Like he's a human with 20 years. But the Mirkwood elves, <laughs> which they talk about being elves, are like green goblins. Yeah. So it's like there's no fucking consistency in their world building. Well, because those are Elrond's elves. a half-elf. Obviously. Okay, first of all, no fucking human went and fucked a, like, mm. green goblin hey, from hey, Mirkwood. Hey, we can't judge people, okay? <laughs> Half-orcs half are a thing that exists. In D&D. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Fine. d d world. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, like I don't want to sound like somebody from the early 2000s arguing against gay marriage, but the parts don't fit. <laughs> They'll make them fit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You remember when that was like an argument I, yeah. against against like 
I had, I had successfully <laughs> forgotten about it. I, I do not remember that being an uh, argument. Yeah, no. Well, that you was... were you were like a, a zygote still. <laughs> yeah, you were. Oh god, you were so young. <laughs> no, I remember being told that in like youth group because and I was unfortunately raised with religion <laughs> and not like a cool religion, like a shame based one. And so it was like the parts don't fit, and it's like, what? And I'm like, you barely have talked I to remember, me about sex. I like, remember I, don't I was know, really understand. I was in high school, and so like I had like a half baked understanding of sexuality at best, and even I was like, you could probably make them fit. <laughs> <laughs> scissoring, <laughs> just scissoring. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, well, well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to GayCast. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a fun time here. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's my feelings on on 1970s elves and human love. Well, I mean, okay. okay, if you don't want to watch that and you don't want to watch the movies that don't exist, yeah. it just just listen to the um just listen to the in Leonard the Nimoy version. Earth, okay, yeah, we're going to like Shire, we'll watch brave, little just just listen to like the 7 minute uh, you know, we'll song. We'll watch the music video. There you go. Uh, as like a prelude. Yeah. As a prelude, you know, while we're making coffee in the morning. Yeah. With and the, then with and then, then we're done. Yeah. And then we're done with the pipe. habit. Fuzzy woolly toes. He lives in, in a hobbit hole, hole and everybody oh knows him. What? Bilbo. <laughs> Are you surprised Bilbo that I know all the lyrics? No, so. I also know all the lyrics. So. Uh, I should have played that in the car. Right? <laughs> you should have. You yeah. should have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we all just went out to uh, lunch together, too. Mm. So now you've you've gotten a window into our lives. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, I swear to God, we're like people with jobs mm-hmm. and contribute to society anyway so speaking of contributing what do we all have to contribute this week what are our offerings to the, <laughs> what are our offerings? the gods of podcast i've got a few of them okay right. um so uh, speaking of going back to a segment we used to have here which are better podcasts than ours yeah um, i oh, fi- oh, okay what I was gonna say like better podcasts than ours. Uh, Natalie Wynn of ContraPost saying fa- or ContraPoints fame. Yeah, it was on Chapo. It was on Chapo. She Chapo. she went on Chapo. Oh, oh yeah, my God. yeah. Was yes. it a good one? It was really good. Okay. They basically just spent it the entire time making fun of all the people that she makes fun of in her videos. So okay. They spent a lot of time talking about the Golden One, um, Ben Shapiro, uh, Daddy, aka Jordan Peterson. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. Did she call them out for some of their more weird stuff that they've done who chapo chapo now okay yeah no she did she did make a joke about oh guys i went on chapo (laughs) (laughs) so i enjoyed that okay um but no i was listening to another podcast um called eyes left okay uh, Uh which is um it's a leftist military podcast by (laughs) these these two veterans that had got out um, got, <laughs> they out. got out. They got out. Uh, one of them being Spencer Rapone of internet fame, who had the West Point graduation photo with the communist. Oh movement. yeah, yeah, oh, I remember nice. that guy. Yeah, uh, and Michael Peisner being the other one. And uh, no piss pig granddad. No, no, he's dropped off the face of the earth. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also known as Syria. Well, <laughs> he came back from that, I think. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh. But um, but yeah, no. So, so, so yeah. Basically, it's it's them talking about like 
military news, like what's going on in Afghanistan, what's going on in Iraq, and what was it like when they were in, and where did they get their class consciousness from, and what was it like? And they did some interviews with someone as well. And so it's a kind of an interesting take on our imperialism uh, from the eyes of people that have, you know, been trying to enforce it and managed to realize that what they were doing was wrong. Um, so it was just a very interesting thing. There's only a few episodes out. There's only like six episodes out now. Um, so if you got, if maybe it sounds interesting yeah. to you, you might want to check this that out. This interesting. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm still making my way through the two years backlog of uh, Knowledge Fight. Oh Jesus. <laughs> knowledge Fight. Yeah. Wait, have you explained I, this one already? I think I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but just in case, Knowledge Fight is uh, two guys. One of them. Listens to a lot of Infowars and Alex Jones in particular. Oh yeah, you did. Tell and me the, about this. the other one, uh, the other one doesn't listen at all. And the one who listens gets clips from that week's episodes the of Infowars. The one who listens. The one who listens. Um, and then they they listen to the clips and they talk about them and they break them down and they make fun of them. Both they're both um, stand-up comedians. They're both extremely well read. And so they would be like, "There's a lot of." No, that's not that's not true. That's that's false. <laughs> no, and like, they do they they frequently because like I am forced to listen to it by virtue of living with Nick. You don't you're not um, forced to listen to it, but I I'm listen to it. To listen I to listen it. to it while I'm working on stuff and, in the house. And so, um, so it's really fascinating. I I I do appreciate the times where they're just like, they'll you know Alex Jones Jones will say something crazy and they'll be like, okay, this is the article that he's referencing. He's referencing, he's misquoting something from the first paragraph. And if you keep reading, <laughs> then it says actually the complete opposite of what he had conjectured. Yeah. Um, conjectured? Yeah. Conjectured. My, my favorite is, it was the time where he was reading an article live on air. And then he stops in the middle because he realizes that the article is not going the way that he thinks that it's going. <laughs> so it's like he hadn't actually read it ahead of time I and mean, had just read the headline. It's amazing. Like there's apparently a whole bunch of right wing, like, you know, talking heads that do that. Yeah. Like on, on YouTube and such like yeah, that, yeah. where they look like, they'll just look at a headline yeah. and, and it's like, it's just a thing that they do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it they was. Just, they don't fucking read. Just like, fucking yeah. Just fucking read. That that was my favorite time though, because it was because he spent like 15 minutes just talking about the headline and like using all these ridiculous voices. Oh, I remember what it was. It was um this this was like last year. Do you guys remember when there was the thing about? I think it was like the guy who co-wrote for Economics. Um, said Malcolm the, Gladwell. I I can't remember. Said the thing about um the, it the mcdonald's like mcdouble being the most cost efficient high nutrition food is like available mm -hmm. like because like the number of calories per dollar basically gotcha. was like you know you you could create a lot of energy for yourself without expending you know too much energy to actually earn the money is essentially what his argument was mm -hmm. and so the headline was is the mcdonald's double uh, you know is McDouble the most nutritious food in the world? And he was saying this thing as if the person who was saying it was like the head of McDonald's marketing, who at least at the time when this was written, I don't know if this is still the case, was apparently like a former Obama staffer. And so he was talking about this like it was some big conspiracy. But like if you had actually read the article, you would know that the person who said that was the guy who co-wrote Free Economics, who was talking purely in the... Uh, in the dollar value to calorie 
right. ratio. Right. Like, that's all he was saying. Mm. And so he but got, But they had like, to dress the article up in something Yeah, yeah, some click, clickbaity kind of headline. Yeah. And so he made a big deal about this guy who was the former Obama staffer, like, tweeting this idea. Mm-hmm. And, like, trying to get people to think that it was true. Which is not at all what had happened. And got into, like the first paragraph reading it in all these silly voices realizing that it didn't say what he had just been saying for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. that the article said and then stopping like completely in the middle of something and moving on to something else (laughs) uh so the writers of freakonomics were actually steven dubner and steven levitt i think it was steven levitt yeah uh malcolm gladwell wrote the tipping point Mm. um which was like a similar kind of i don't know in my mind, I can play the two, but um, that's not here nor there. But yeah, it's a it's a really funny podcast. Gotcha. If you can if you can stomach listening to Alex Jones, but you have to stomach listening. To but Alex it's Jones. it's very uh. like it's it's very <laughs> yeah, that's my feelings exactly. It's uh. very small doses of him, followed by like twenty or thirty minutes of these guys just talking about how full of shit Alex Jones is all the time. And my feeling is like I know that he's full of shit. I don't need to like. I don't need to go listen to a podcast to like right. re- reinforce my I, worldview that Alex Jones is filled with shit. But what I appreciate you know? what I appreciate about it is they also talk about how not to cover Alex Jones mm. because they go after people like Media Matters and like the AV Club and people like that too who take him out of context because they're like what they were trying to do with this show is actually like confront what he's actually saying completely in context and break it down. Um, but like, if you take him out of context, then you're just giving him more ammunition. Mm. Like, cause then he gets to say, these people are taking me out of context. I'm like, so it's actually, I'm persecuted. Yeah. But, but he also, I don't know what my, the thing that I, um, that drives me crazy about Alex Jones. Um, and this is going to sound sad that this is like the thing that drives me crazier about Alex Jones than anything else. Um, but that it was when he was getting divorced. Right. Um, and he was about to lose custody of his kids. He made the argument that uh, basically his wife's lawyer, his wife's lawyer, ex-wife's lawyer, um, took a bunch of his clips and was just like, obviously, he's an unstable idiot and you cannot allow these children to be like raised by him. Um, because you know, he fucking is. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm a performance artist. Yeah. I don't really here's, listen to music. Here's the and thing. I feel like you can't then turn around and say, like, I'm being taken out of context. Like, like you you I don't know. Uh. Here, here's the thing that's really interesting about going back and listening to this podcast uh-huh. is that apparently he had made that argument before the divorce on air, on in the context of something else too. Really? Yeah. So it's like it kind of reframes that whole thing as well. Um, because, He's just Schrodinger's asshole. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and they point that out. They like point that out in one of the early episodes where it's like he says these things in a way where it's like he can go always go back and say, oh, I was only joking or it was hyperbole or whatever. But it's like. When he wants, to, when he's talking at the time, he always wants to be taken seriously. And then, depending on what ends up happening with it, you know, he'll go back and say, "Oh, I was only kidding. I was joking. It was performance art. It's not meant to be taken one hundred percent seriously." Blah blah blah. It's really, it's really kind of fascinating because it's like you know that about him, yeah. but to actually like hear it happening sort of almost in real time is very like it reframes it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm interested in this kind of 
psychology because they do they don't really quite di try to diagnose him because like none of them are uh, you know are psychological professionals and they admit that but they're like he sounds like he's got some sort of a persecution complex or um or like maybe even paranoid schizophrenia in some cases because he just like he has this really intricate worldview that he's kind of built for himself um, I know if he has mental illness, then I actually like have to have empathy for him, and mm, I don't want to. Fair enough. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but mm. no, it's the, 2018. It's a terrible time to be alive. One of the more interesting ones that I listened to this week, though, had him talking about how you know I, I was I was six years old, and my my mom I was sitting on my mom's lap, and she took me off, and she was like, "Look, you don't want to be a mama's boy anymore, so you don't you're not getting any more love." And they're like, "Oh my Jesus god, Christ. was he?" Was he like emotionally abused by his mother? Like, is that his origin story? Is oh that where God. this all comes from? No. And like, they started talking about it, like how it kind of all falls into place, like his kind of bizarre, like form of masculinity and like everything that comes from it, like the super male vitality and all that stuff. It's like, he's a pioneer. He's oh. an explorer. <laughs> I'm I'm a hot blood pumping through his heart. <laughs> I'm a human being and I'm coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not always fine. No, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to have to have empathy for him if he was like abused or he has mental illness or something. It's all speculation. Why can't he just be an asshole? I just want him to be an asshole. This is the problem with the left. Okay, <laughs> this is it, right? Fucking it's here. Like, Do we care too much? It's like we care too much, and then we find out that like Alex Jones might have been abused when he was a kid, and now we have to be like, well, now we can't make fun of Alex Jones because he's I, like, I feel like we can like, still make fun of Alex up. Jones. See, here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. Like. If you, do, if you do have mental illness, if you do have, like, PTSD or you were abused as a child or anything like that, like, there are healthy ways to have outlets. There are there are good things that you can do. Like, you know, you, you can you can go to counseling. You can make start a art, podcast. You can start a podcast. <laughs> that's not, not saying any of us have fallen into that, but, you know, neither here nor there. Um, but and if you're going to do that, like... But then Alex you, Jones basically started a podcast. No, but and now we're like complaining about him. But so what is it, Nick? What is it? Can only the people that were abused in the right way that now <laughs> grew up to have the right kind of politics can have podcasts? I mean, I'm not gonna say the, the right, three of us. I'm not gonna say the right kind of politics, but you know, we don't incite violence. We don't talk about. Don't we? No. Are you sure? Not, you know, not against anyone who doesn't deserve it. Yeah, 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 see. But hey, hey, here's the thing. Our when we talk about we all saw the guillotine meme that yeah. Alex shared the other day. When we talk about it, we're talking about like, you know, people that actually exist instead of like a shadowy group of people who don't actually exist. We're talking about guillotining anyone. the bourgeoisie. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, but you know what? The bourgeoisie is a thing that exists. You know what's not a thing that exists? Globalists. <laughs> You know what's not just an anti-Semitic canard? The bourgeoisie. You know what is? Globalists. And that's that's uh. why we also have to, you know, hate on, like, like Rothschild posting and, and all the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. fucking George Soros conspiracy yeah. theory. Because, like, yeah, those those would be rich bourgeois, but when you're just framing it as that, then it's anti-Semitic. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, so, so, yeah. It's it's about having. Uh, anyway, I've I've dropped it. I've lost it. Let's it's move about on. having class consciousness. Yeah. is what it's about. 
direct direct your frustration and anger towards people who actually deserve it and not because of you know because of actual like material like class struggle instead of you know vague conspiracy theories regarding people who don't exist who could be literally anybody and are usually just the cipher for the jews so you know jewish people jewish people you, you shouldn't that's true. <laughs> you should say the whole the word. Jews no, okay. But I'm saying that that's, that's the mindset of the people who listen to Alex Jones. Yeah. The people who listen to Alex Jones and who get mad at Alex Jones, not for the reasons that we get mad at him, but because he's not saying enough bad things about Israel. Mm. <laughs> and not saying bad things about Israel because Israel's an apartheid state. But, you know, you know the reasons. <laughs> Alex, you need to cut us off. And, and by right. us, I mean Nick. We need to cut Nick off before we get like. Because like I could say some bad uh, things about Israel too. No, <laughs> there's legitimate. Like I said, not not bad saying bad things about Israel because it's an apartheid state. Yeah. Like like again, legitimate criticisms, <laughs> but not legitimate reasons for those criticisms. So let's bring it back to to the podcast that I was listening to. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh shit. Sorry. Oh right. I when Alex <laughs> wants to talk about things. Uh, eyes uh, left. Um, check it out. Yeah, like, yeah. there's not there's not much more to say. It's only it's only just starting. Um, but like, there's a lot of information that I didn't really know about the like the material conditions of the soldiers on in the front and like in Iraq, like how they ended up going in there with basically no support, no oh, yeah. supplies, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. No, I remember that being a thing when when mm -hmm. the war was first started. And like how Bush has gotten an award apparently from Biden for being like for the what? veterans. Yeah, oh, this, this is like most recent thing. Like this happened what? like a few days ago or a week Holy ago. Holy shit! Really? Like yeah, like Joe Biden gave George W. Bush an award for being like pro what? veteran. Wait, why can Joe Biden give anybody an award? Because he's like he's like it's just the chorus can <laughs> that he like spray painted. <laughs> Because apparently he's, like, part of this association of, of, I don't know, rich assholes or something. I don't know. Um, but, but like, and then they were talking about the hypocrisy of what Bush actually had oh, done yeah. with yeah. the veterans and, yeah. like, the veterans' affairs. Um, so, so yeah, it's all kind of stuff like that that's really interesting to, to hear. With uh, having been raised in a military family, you know, yeah. with a parent that was in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, it's kind of interesting to see from that perspective what was actually going on. Yeah. But anyway, um, so that that's all I really have to say about that. There there are a couple couple other things I want to talk about, but uh, I don't have to be the only one talking. We were just talking for like fifteen minutes about, <laughs> about, about, about Alex Jones. So, okay, I mean you're you're allowed. Uh, there's there's a couple games that I've I've got recently that I've been playing uh, in what little spare time I have between work. One of which I kind of want to talk about. The other one I don't really have that much to talk about. But uh, one of which is called Frostpunk. Okay. Huh. Have you heard I, of this? I've right, heard I'm the intrigued. title, but okay. So Frostpunk is essentially uh, it's it's like a city building kind of um, like a city sim kind of strategy thing. Uh -huh. um, it's set in a kind of steampunky setting where okay. London, like like the world. Uh, there was that one winter that, ne like, the one year that winter oh, never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That summer never happened. Like winter happened all yes. year. It's taking that and it's like, what if summer never came back? And like the world got dropped into another ice age. 
So, so the world is experiencing a, a massive ice age, and these refugees are leaving London to try to find this one place where there was like a generator that was built that like can heat, like like warm people up, and okay. it like is uh -huh. big enough to support a large community. And they find it, and it's like been abandoned, so they have to try to get it working and try to build a, a city around it. And it's like you're building the last city on Earth is essentially what it is. Uh, and so it's sort of like the very first Fallout, but kind of where that one ends, this one starts. I guess. I haven't played the first Fallout or any of the Fallouts. Uh, but essentially, it, it's like you're, you start off building these tent cities around the generator, trying to huddle around it for mm -hmm. warmth. And then you can upgrade it, of course, over the thing. And there'll be events that happen where you have to make like tough decisions about... Do you let the kids work in the mines, or or do you keep them safe by the fire? It's like, well, we need the manpower. There's only a few of us left, and so sometimes you have to make those decisions. And and so it's kind of an interesting uh, take on it. And I was thinking about it, and like how it's an interesting now. Like like I think it's about a year old. I'm not sure how old it is. It was on sale on Steam, um, and it's like if you want to take that kind of concept and like saying something about is it saying something about global warming like climate change now or is it just using it as a set dressing um because clearly it's it's the opposite of that it's a it's a freezing yeah uh but it's like how are people dealing with the consequences of this um but it's not really saying anything that like we're not responsible for it because like it's divorcing responsibility for the ice age from right. people uh, at least as far as i'm aware like like i don't i haven't played all the way through it, so I don't know if they, we find something out, like some secret, like, oh, we accidentally did this to ourselves. Um, but, but like, as far as I'm aware, nobody really knows why yeah. the summer never came back. I don't feel like we accidentally global warming ourselves, though. Like, I feel like it was a very, like... Well, no, I, I mean intentionally. Yeah. If I said accidentally, I meant intentionally. Yeah, okay. Um, but, or not intentionally. Inadvertently? Just, I, inadvertently. Like, inadvertently. I don't know, like, I just, I feel like there are... There are people who know, I, this is me and being like, the frog, the Obama's turning the frogs gay. This is like my mm -hmm. conspiracy moment. But I feel like there are, there are people um, that are in power that know how terrible global warming is going to be for everybody and just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. It's, it's the people that, you know, make money off of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The I mean, there were, there were there were scientific studies funded by like, I think it was, it was like Sitco or Exxon or someone like that. Like yeah. back in the seventies that was talking about the problems mm -hmm. of global warming. Apparently there was like a study done in like the, the early 1900s about the effects of global warming. Huh. I didn't yeah. know about um, that. Yeah. Like, like about how coal production is, you know, done this, that, and the other thing and global temperatures of rate. So like, like this is something people have known about for a very long time, but there is a vested interest in keeping it, you know, yeah. under wraps by the people that are profiting off of it. Yeah. Um, which makes it all the more interesting in that, this is set in like this period of heavy industrialization. Yeah. Right. But like, it's the opposite that's happening. So yeah. like, is it, is it that in this steampunk alternate universe, some industrialist had found some way to, to do something and it, it created a global cooling or not? Or is it just like a set dressing again? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it'd be interesting to find out. It sounds like they just kind of took that, 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 that actual historical event mm -hmm. and was like, what if this, but forever? Yeah. I yeah. think is, is kind of what it sounds like to me. Possibly. Uh, cause like they mentioned, they mentioned like in the, the intro, there's like, uh, 
like like there's like little hints at the loading screen. It's like one of them is like the eruption of Krakatoa caused this happened around the same time, mm-hmm. but it's been speculated that it was not enough to fully bring the cooling. So what happened? Nobody really knows. Oh. Um, maybe somebody knows. Maybe we'll find out. Anyway, <laughs> it's an interesting game. Interesting concept. Nobody nice. knows. Does somebody know? Uh, who knows? Um, all right. So so that's that's one of the things I've been playing. Um, let's see. So the game, the podcast. Uh, yeah, my life's been super boring. Other than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've kind of been much the same, honestly. Yeah. But uh, but at least you at least are yeah. Doctor Who correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> reporting, On the ground. Reporting from the front lines of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. So um. So. Yeah, I've been watching the newest season of Doctor Who. Um, uh, so since the last time that we recorded the podcast, I've seen two new episodes. Uh, one was a uh, wedding in Punjab, um, and which I think is actually my favorite episode of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that I saw, the one that I saw last night, was um, God, I forget what it was about, but it, or I forget the title of it, but it was about Amazon. <laughs> essentially we'll talk about that one in a minute but i want to talk about the wedding in punjab first um i really really liked it um it was almost almost just a historical um remember when doctor who none of us remember when doctor who actually just did pure historicals i mean i was they alive, stopped but... yeah no they like stopped but doing I've... that in like the 70s or something um I've seen the tapes. Yeah, but I've seen the tapes. I, I know that it happened. The documents. And um, <laughs> uh, so it, it was really, really close to being like a pure historical. But um, basically what happens is uh, Yasmin, uh, Yasmin's grandmother, it's Yasmin's grandmother's birthday. And so she is Pakistani. Um, and... Her grandma, like, gives her this watch, and it's, like, a broken watch, and she thinks that it, like, belongs to her grandfather. And so she t- tries to convince the doctor, or she convinces the doctor to take her back uh, to, back in time to, like, meet her grandmother as a young woman and kind of get a sense of, like, who she was. Because the grandmother, like, is like, here's this broken watch. It's really important. I don't want to talk about why it's important now, but here you go. I want you to have this. And she's like, okay. Um... And so they end up going back in time, uh, which is, like, a terrible idea. Uh, and the doctor says, like, yeah, this is a terrible idea because you could accidentally, like, you know, do something and basically make you never happen because there's a direct lineage between your grandmother and you. But, yeah, sure, fuck it. Like, we'll go to, we'll, we'll go to India and see your mouth. Well, so they end up going to, they think they're going to Pakistan, but they end up in 1947, um, which is when Pakistan and India are still connected. Um, and the, oh, shit, what is that historical event called? I feel like an asshole. It's the, uh, it's the Indian independence and the, the split between yeah. India and Pakistan. Um, and so it's 1947 and, uh, Indian and Pakistan are separating into two separate countries. Um, so they they end up um so the doctor and her companions and they're in punjab which makes it all the more complicated yeah yeah like it's Um, complicated enough in the rest of indian pakistan (laughs) punjab's even more complicated and so they end up they end up in in punjab and it turns out that her grandmother had had a husband before she got married to yasmin's grandfather 
Um, and that's where the watch comes from. And it turns out that like her grandmother got married. Um, they're, they're Muslim. Um, and she ends up marrying like a, a Hindu man and uh because like their family and it was like and it was a really interesting like very slice of life look at a huge historical moment and i felt like an asshole american because i did i didn't know anything about this time in history <laughs> like because you know as they teach like indian history in america it's like um nothing happened then gandhi went on a hunger strike and then india was perfect like that's pretty much <laughs> like that's pretty much what you learn about the history of India in American schools. And so like I had no fucking idea about any of this stuff. And so um and so it turns out that like her mother is or her grandmother is from Punjab and it turns out that like her and this other young man's families like they lived and worked very closely together as, you know, communities farming communities tend to to be and so they didn't really give a shit that like she was Muslim and he was Hindu because it was like you know they were childhood friends and they loved each other and they wanted to get married um and then the turns out the younger brother is like a crazy reactionary and ends up shooting him um or it's implied that the younger brother uh ends up shooting him because they're they're right on the border between Pakistan and India um and there's like a huge there's a tumultuous conversation about like, well, do we stay? Um, do we go? And the brother is like, they've made you an entire country for your people. And it was a really interesting look at like how this border ends up tearing apart um, a very like small tight knit community. Um, so yeah, it was like a really interesting slice of life look at a major, uh, a major global development an historical event that I had no fucking idea about because I'm an asshole American. Um, so it was a really, it was a really beautiful story. Um, it was really well done. Uh, the aliens, like you think it's aliens, and then it turns out that no, it's just humans being assholes to each other. Um, but there are aliens in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are aliens in it, and what it are turns they doing? out basically it was like they were originally like a race of assassins who then like evolved beyond that and then realized. Um, I think it's like the last two of these aliens, this alien race had like been at war for so long that they basically had killed off each other until there were like two or three left. And so now the like two that are left, um, have made it their life mission to like go witness unwitnessed deaths, mm. basically like, and to be with people in their final dying moments, people who die alone. Okay. Um, and so that's why they end up in Punjab. Because knowing that it's going to be millions of people who die as a result of, um, as a result of this historical event, hmm. um, yeah. Okay. So they, so that's like why the aliens are there, and then you like, you know, it's implied, you know, at the beginning, it's like, oh, is it the aliens who you know killed all these people? And it's like, no, it's just, it's it's the reactionary brother, and it's the you know these. It's as it's humans being assholes to each other, and the the aliens are just there to like witness it. So that's like how they fit in. I feel like the honestly, I feel like it would have been a much stronger episode had it just been a pure historical. Um, and I didn't like. I don't really feel like they served any purpose. This is a sci-fi show. We gotta yeah, have aliens. it's like we're gonna have aliens in it, and it's like it would have been a much stronger episode in my opinion had the aliens not been in there. 
Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I thought it was a really cool, it was a really nice, like, you know, because there's like this joke, this running joke, um, you know, all of time and space, but I keep going back to London during the Blitz. Cause there's been like, you know, and it, for a long ass time, it's 50 years of television. And for a long ass time, it was very like Western European centric. Um, I in don't like, know. I mean, for for a bit in the middle, yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, one of the very first series is about like the Aztecs. Yeah, that's true. They go and see the Aztecs. Um, but yeah, but that was like one, and then yeah. he also like spent a lot of time in the Marco, Marco, Polo. Marco Polo, and even yeah. then, it's all got like in this weird Orientalist kind of mind. Yeah, oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah, like even when they do Marco Polo, it's it's a very like. It's the fact that they do Marco Polo, yeah. a you know, yeah, yeah, a yeah. colonizing force as opposed to like, you know, seeing people in their real humanity. Um, so as you know, the Brits. Yep. And what what you gonna do with those those former colonizers? I mean that the whole the whole concept of this episode is based around the fact that the Britain the Britain. The Britons? The Britons. The, the Britons. <laughs> the Britons. King Arthur eggs. and, you know. <laughs> the, the British are, are you know, hand, they're finally leaving this longtime colony yeah. of theirs. Um, it was really funny there. Like, at one point, the older, because, so the three companions, it's a young Pakistani woman, or a young woman of Pakistan descent who's also a cop. And, uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it takes her down like five, but like she sounded really cool. And they find out about that. And I'm like, eh. mm. um, there's a kind of like working class bloke, um, who's black. He's like 19 and he works at mostly like in warehouses and things. And then there's Graham, who's the bus driver. Um, he's like an older white dude. Um, so it's really funny because he has like he has like a throwaway line. Yeah, all the way. We're all the way from England. And the the husband is just like, yeah, keep that to yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, but but yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a really good episode. Uh, and, and I felt like an asshole for like not. And now I feel like even more of an asshole because I can't remember because they refer to the, like the name of the event like several times, and I can't remember it. And well, I just feel like a dick. Anyway, I mean, you could refer to it in a couple different ways. The, uh, yeah. the big thing that has happening is the India-Pakistan yeah. war because the yeah. war eventually. I don't know what month this takes place in. It takes place in eight. It it takes place like like literally the day that it happens. Okay. In 1947, like they hear it on the radio. Okay. That now India and Pakistan are now two different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so, like, the Punjab province or, or... Give us a history lesson, All right, so, so... Talk to us about this, because I have, like, I'm really, like... All right, so let's, let's learn about history. So, um, the Raj, the, the British, the, the the Maharaj... Uh -huh. um, so with the Indian subcontinent joined, <laughs> joined into the Asian plate cre tectonics. Created uh, no. um, so, so for the longest time, uh, India had been kind of ruled by the British, first through the East India Company and then through the Crown. Um, and the the Indian Raj was basically the consists of modern day... The demons of... It's not called Wedding of Punjab. It's called Demons of the Punjab. Oh, okay. Is, is the name of it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so what is now Pakistan, India, and Bangladesh were all together, and also Burma. No, Burma was kind of technically separate administration, but it was all together under the Raj, uh, under British rule. Essentially, the, the Brits were like, we can't let the Indians rule themselves until we teach them how to rule themselves, because mm. we're better than you. Um, and uh, eventually, the, the they were like, no, no, just just give us our independence after World War II. You know, there was this big push to decolonization. And so, however, instead of it being just one big country, there is, of course, you know, Muslims and Hindus living in this land. And this kind of ethnic tension started flaring up between them. And uh, so there was a push to separate the two into two separate countries rather than having it remain one big country. Um, so you had... Pakistan, which was uh, thought to be the country for the Muslims, and India, the country for the Hindus. And what is now Bangladesh was East Pakistan at the time. So it was all both mm -hmm. East and West Pakistan were the same country, just separated by India. Um, however, this border did not really fit where anybody really lived as, you know, attempts to create borders based off nationalities usually is. It's usually pretty shitty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Risi, uh, all of the Middle East. I was going to say Bosnia. Yeah, a lot too. So... You had uh, mass migrations of people going from India into Pakistan and from Pakistan into India. But one of those kind of statelets, because the way the Raj worked is that you had areas that were directly under the administration of the British, and then you had areas that were under the administration of princes that were kind of subservient to the British. One of those was Punjab, which was not ruled by a Muslim or by a Hindu, but by a Sikh. Um, and, uh, at one point they, they basically said, well, if you guys can't decide, we'll just be our own country. And both the Hindus and the Muslims in Punjab say, no, you gotta choose. And so he stepped down and they essentially decided, okay, well, we'll petition, we'll, we'll partition this land into Kashmir on one side and, um, do, 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 do. Oh my God! Stop. Uh, keep keep going with your history lesson, uh, Professor Alex. So so there's Kashmir and Jammu, which is uh -huh. which is a, a basically kind of the official name of the state. So we'll we'll put Jammu on this side and Kashmir on the other. Um, but like the people on the inside said, no, we can't divide this whole province into two separate states, and so there was a lot of fighting going on there. And the first after the the independence and after the split. Um, the that a few months later the the war broke out the first of like four wars between india and pakistan broke out <laughs> largely over trying to control of the Kashmir, uh -huh. um because this province was like in the middle of this and other other provinces along the border were a bit better defined but this one was kind of the one where there was a lot of um a lot of people like you said living just yeah. next door and, and there was not a problem but people made it a problem so yeah um so that's that's why it's interesting that it was set there and that it's it's that's where all this kind of tension comes in mm -hmm. um anyway history 11 over history yeah no over. and and i really appreciate it and what and it's like it's now it's something that i want to learn more about and i wouldn't have if it wasn't for doctor who mm -hmm. so see, thanks see, <laughs> see parents Doctor Who can be a teaching experience <laughs> for your kids. It was originally, well, that's what originally intended. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like an educational show, and like the reason why like they pushed really early on with the Daleks is because they they felt like that was like an important lesson about Nazism and. Well, it's supposed to be about radiation. Radiation, yeah. Also, they had no other scripts. Also, right? they had no other scripts. Um, but yeah, but like originally the idea was like that it, it would be this, you know elderly professor man and his adventures through and his granddaughter history, and his granddaughter and their cute cutesy adventures through space and history 
um, was, you know, what it was supposed to be. Um, and now it's it's this bajillion dollar property um, owned by the BBC. But um, yeah, no, and it's, it's a really interesting. Um, I don't know, like I have a lot, like, so I'm about seven, seven episodes into this this series as the Brits would say. How the long Brits are the series? Um, what? How long are the series usually? Um, they're usually about 12, 12 episodes. They're, they're usually about 12, 13 episodes. So mm. we're, we're more than halfway through. Um, and they're not doing a Christmas special this year. They're doing a New Year's, New Year's Day, Day special, yeah. um, which actually I have a lot of friends on Facebook um, who are Jewish and uh, Doctor Who, big, big Doctor Who fans. And they were talking about how that's one of the things that they really appreciate about the Chris Chibnall um, and his take on it is it not only is he staying like not not only is it like they're very purposely like you know including yeah you know, uh companions who are people of color they are doing non-western um history non-western history they're doing things where it's not just the white dude saving everybody and like which was a lot of the Moffat years right was the doctor was i've got a big shiny button and i'm gonna save everybody with it um like 90 percent of 11's episodes sorry sorry not sorry <laughs> hashtag controversial opinion but um you know and so not only like in the way of presenting making diversity uh, a virtue not only in the way that they're presenting the material but like how they're presenting it and what they present but also how they present it and so not just like you know doing a christmas special because we'd expected that we do a christmas special but thinking like hey why don't we do a new year's day special instead um because we have a lot of fans that don't celebrate christmas and it's like not as important you know um I appreciate and I, yeah so there there are a lot of you know a lot of my friends have like said like you know they really appreciate that that's um that's what they're doing. We'll win Including... the war. We'll win the war on Christmas yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's really cool. Um, I like that it's so things that I like about the series so far. Um, I like that they uh, all the things that I mentioned non-Western history, um, a focus on diversity. Uh, it's not the Doctor coming in and being the you know big big white dude bro gonna save everybody um and but what do you not like but about what it? do i not like about it okay because there's a lot that i don't like about it too <laughs> um i like all of the companions individually and i also like how they interact with each other and with the doctor but it is for people that you have to develop over the course of the series and so it still feels like they're all all of them are really underdeveloped and i feel like they're because the doctor is a woman they're doing a lot of things where they're just like they constantly reference like remember when i used to be a man remember that i'm the doctor they give her a fez in the most recent episode and it's just a lot of like yes hey, she's a doctor like fezes get the are cool Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but they... Fezzes were cool before Doctor Who tried to make them cool. But it... God, that sounds the most hipster thing. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it, but it's one of those things where it's like, just let her be the Doctor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the show's called fucking Doctor Who. I don't have to be 
reminded every five minutes that she's the doctor. Like, I accept this. Can we just move on? And it feels like I don't know if they're doing it for like the stupid white bro fans that like still haven't accepted like the doctor has the vagina. Okay, it's 20 fucking 18. Get the fuck over it. Like I just um, so really so that really bothers me that they're doing so many callbacks to like other doctors in an attempt to kind of be like, she's the doctor, accept it. Um, And they're, you know. In fairness, I feel like they've done that basically every time that there's a new doctor, a new who. And really, really, even going back before then, like they've made jokes about how like, oh, how terrible this outfit is. And it's like, it's, it's the fourth doctor's outfit or something like that. Like they were doing that but, in the original no, series and, too. I, But they're doing it so much. Okay. It's like several instances per episode as yeah. opposed to being to like, like once or twice in the series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my problem with it. Um, it's not enough airtime to fully develop all of these characters. And so I feel like they rely a lot on, and, like, they, they all get really nice character development moments, but they still don't feel really fully defined, if that makes sense. Like, they yeah. still don't feel like fully realized characters. And I think that's the thing that kind of bothers me. And it's just because, you know, when it was just, like, it's just 12 and Clara, you all you have to do is develop 12 because we all know who Clara is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even when it was a, when you had a new doctor and a new companion, like, with... 11 and Amy. Amy it's still it's only two characters and you can really mm-hmm. develop them very and, you know and basically well. that entire first episode of 11s is just about establishing who Amy is yeah. and establishing who 11 is as the doctor it yeah. works really well for that and then like Rory's there but he doesn't really get any development yeah and then like they fold him in kind of later on yeah yeah and over time and so it's just yeah it's just not enough screen time to to develop these four characters into fully realized human beings and do these really important storylines that they want to tell. Um, and so I think, I think that's kind of my, my issue with it. And it was funny. Like I was talking to my friend cause I watched, I watched Dr. Who with on Tuesdays and we call it Dr. Who's days. Um, you know, and it's like me and two of my friends and we get together, we watch Dr. Who, we order food and we have a great time. And so that was, as we were leaving and we were kind of packing up and I was like, that's one of the things that we were all kind of agreed on was it's just, it's not enough airtime to develop these four people. And so you still don't get a, you don't really have like a full sense of who she is as the doctor. Um, I think of the four characters, Yasmin's probably the most developed because I think she's had the most, storyline at this point because she's had two I would say she's had like two and a half uh episodes that are Yasmin focused um like she's been like the central companion Mm. um and Ryan was like the central companion of the first episode but he really hasn't had like a full just Ryan episode since the first one uh (laughs) and Graham hasn't had like a single Graham episode which right. I guess is fine because like he's just the old white dude so who cares but um but yeah so like last night's episode was really weird um 
basically it was about there's space yeah Amazon. it was about space Amazon, um, which is called Kablam. And so, what happens is like the doctor gets a a package that's a fez. Um, she gets a she gets a fucking fez <laughs> in the mail from a Kablam delivery droid. And the packing slip says, help me. So they decide to go to the, and it's called Kerblam. And so they go to Kerblam's planet because now Amazon has its own fucking planet, right? Well, where like all of the people live, it is fucked Be- up. Bezos is interested in space. I know. Like, <laughs> the problem with this episode is it is given Jeff Bezos, like, if he ever, God help us if he watches this episode, because now he's going to have all sorts of shitty ideas. <laughs> all right. Starting with he gets his own fucking planet where everybody, li- all of his workers live on this one planet. And then all the bosses oppo- are are robots. As opposed to where he has his own factories where all the workers live in the cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, people would lot. stop complaining if they didn't have to live in their cars anymore. And just anyway, so the episode is called Kerblam. Um, and what happens is like they live in a hyper capitalist future, uh, where the people. I, I don't know. There was pressure put on the government to ma- mandate that a minimum of 10% of jobs at all levels of any given company must be given to humans. And so you end up having a very small workforce of humans um, doing pretty menial labor. And um, and robots doing the rest. And robots doing the rest. And so... Yeah, so they go to this they go to this warehouse. It's a giant Amazon warehouse. It's the size of a moon. Everybody lives there and like it turns out like people are disappearing from the factory and you don't know and you think like on one hand you think it's going to be the you know, the evil boss and then it turns out the boss is an evil. He's you know, wanted to, like, he just didn't know who he could trust. And you think it's going to be the evil HR lady. But then it turns out she's also a nice person. Um, So, like, who's making this happen? Well, maybe it's the robots. And then it's like, no, it's not the robots. And it's like, it's the janitor. Like, the janitor, it turns out the janitor had actually studied, like, weapon mechanics at school and developed this uh, bomb that's in the shape of bubble wrap that he's going to put into all of the packages. And then when all the kerblam droids go out and deliver all their packages people it's going to kill like a hundred million people um because you know what you get when you get bubble wrap you know what you do yeah you You know what you do i do it you do it we all do it we all do it so you know it's going to kill a bunch of people um and he does this in response to the fact that all of the all of the jobs have gone to um robot workers and now none of us have we all have meaningless existence because none of us have work. Because automation means layoffs. Because we couldn't <laughs> fucking come up with socialism? <laughs> really? That's the answer, Doctor Who? But then Jeff Bezos just, wouldn't have his own planet. Just, Jeff Bezos doesn't need a fucking planet. Nobody needs a fucking planet. Jeff Bezos, please do not watch this episode. There needs to be people that ensure that Jeff Bezos does not watch this episode because then I swear to fucking God, we're going to have Moon Amazon (laughs) with droids and it's going to be shitty. And I just really, 
we couldn't have just come up with maybe the workers own the means of production and maybe that instead of, you know, thinking, oh, what are we going to do if we don't have jobs? What if we just owned the means of production and what if we just shared all the profits in common and what if we didn't have to work because we had gone to a point where we were automated enough that we didn't have to do menial labor anymore because that's what the point of automation should be as opposed to putting people out and nobody's questioning the idea like instead of fucking questioning the idea of why is there one person that owns Kerblam and is making a shit ton of money off of the suffering of everybody else? Instead of that, Doctor Who, instead of fucking that, you blamed it on the goddamn janitor and go to hell. Hey. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know what's a science fiction show that, that does talk about that? Star Trek. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> There's like a whole thing where it's like, yeah, we don't don't have money anymore in the in the 24th century. We got rid of that shit. Everyone just has all their material needs met. Yeah. Luxury gay space communism. It's luxury gay space I communism. Just, I just, it's such a lack of imagination that we would still have fucking neoliberal capitalism in the future. Well, and also, why do we have to blame it on the fucking like, really, the working class? Like, they're the ones that fuck everybody over. Like, go fuck yourself, person that wrote this episode. And I was really excited because it was a woman director. And I was like, yes, we're going to have women directors in Doctor Who. And then that was the shit. That's what we fucking came up with. That's what we came up with. (sighs) It can't all be winners. Remember that weird one that like. At least now it's like. You know, a woman can suck at writing and it doesn't have to be like, you know, a referendum on women writers. This is why women can't write science fiction, even though they invented it. You remember the the weird one that was like, the moon is an egg and it was Oh my God, the one about abortion? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. That was also a terrible fucking episode. I don't know. This was, it was one from the 12th Doctors era and I, I watched it before Elise saw it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's this weird thing about, like, it's this weird kind of... You didn't not, even know. You it, didn't even pick up on the fact that it was, like, an anti-abortion no, episode. No, I did. Until I pointed it out no, to you. No, I did. Because I was... Sure? Yeah, because I was talking about how bad it was. and Because I you hadn't seen it yet. I watched yeah. it before you did. Oh, okay. And then you went to go see it with... You went to go watch it with Tom and... With your friends. We and, can have names. We can name them. Yeah. Tom and Kira. Shout out. And, and like... And they all thought I was crazy for saying it was anti-abortion. It was was this weird anti-abortion episode. No, it was a weird anti-abortion episode. It was stupid. So frustrating. So frustrating. The moon is an egg. And and we realize that it's an egg. And we're like, oh, man, if the moon disappears, like, all these terrible things are going to happen. So, like... We can kill the thing inside the egg, but then what's going to happen? And the doctor's like... But then like, the thing won't have a chance to so live. It's not a really... Yeah. It's not alive. It's in this fucking egg. And okay? then the doctor is all like, oh, this is your choice. It has nothing to do with me. And it's like... It's like it's a little on the nose. And then they decide to let it hatch, and it all turns out fine. But like, Just yeah. It, that was a really bad episode. <laughs> So like that in Kerblam. And then it's like the fact that the doctor goes like, it's not that she literally says it's not the system. It's the people that exploit the system. And it's like, yeah, the system that humans created. Yeah. The the really shitty system that humans that created. That allows people to exploit it like this. <laughs> and actually rewards them for yeah. exploiting it. And rewards them for exploiting the system. And I just, I can't. 
See, it makes me so angry. Yeah. And this is like, and I like how I'm like ranting and you listeners at home can't see this. But like Alex is, as I'm like ranting and he's screaming, out the door he is right like now. smiling. No, he's not. He's like no. sitting there smiling and being like, oh, Elise has finally joined the revolution. <laughs> like it just took one bad episode of Doctor Who for her to like realize all the failures of neoliberal capitalism. No, I'm like, more, I'm more thinking of like how that's my life now too, where I can't enjoy anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was such a terrible episode. Yeah. It was such a terrible episode that was like, and it was preceded by I think my favorite episode, which is Demons of Punjab and of the season. So <sighs> it's yeah. hey, you know what? There's not in that episode though that makes it better than some of the really bad stuff that we've had in the new series. Are you gonna say Rose Tyler? I was gonna say farting aliens, but also <laughs> yes, Rose Tyler. <laughs> so. I used to think back in my youth of how the BBC is is so much better than American uh, like news agencies or, or media companies yeah. because it's it's British it's got to be better uh, and then it's like but you know it's also a form of you know social control in a way you know? yeah. it it is a government funded program that has a clear capitalist agenda and so it's not yeah. necessarily going to go full revolution in any of its things uh just look at how the bbc presented jeremy corbyn when he was on yeah. the rise yeah. you know yeah. all the the red baiting that went on with that so it's like i i've come to kind of accept that now about the bbc but it took a while for me to realize that, especially compared to, like, how blatant it is in America. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Where, like, you know, oh, ABC owned by Disney? Yeah. It's, like, it's like, yeah. Disney's your friend, Alex. <laughs> the happiest people on the planet. <laughs> the mouse. The, the mouse, mouse is wants you to be happy, Alex! <laughs> um, uh, well, you know what I enjoyed thoroughly, despite it being a product of neo neoliberal capitalism? <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, sorry. Complete, yeah. It was really natural transition there. Yeah, it was great. We do it's need to we do need solid. to be moving out of here quickly because we I, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I just I, I was talking about the Spider Man game last week or uh -huh. la last episode. Uh, I finished it since then, and I figured since uh since Stanley has also recently passed away since the last time we recorded, we should maybe talk about what might be the greatest single piece of Spider Man media ever created. Which is the Spider-Man video game, um, not it, the newspaper comics. Not the newspaper <laughs> comics. Um, although the the second runner-up is obviously all of the Spider-Man memes, um, which the people who made this game actually did a reference to. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, did you Spider-Man pointing at? Yeah, you? The, yeah, yeah. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, the two in-game models of Spider-Man pointing at each other. Um, <clears throat> but I beat it. I beat the main storyline recently, and it was really strong and i don't want to go into spoilers for people who haven't played it yet like if you have if you have a playstation 4 or if you've been thinking about getting one get spider-man and play it through like the main storyline is probably the best single spider-man story i've ever seen it is incredible it's filled with ups and downs it's got some really good emotional punches especially in like the last hour or so of the main story there's a lot of really good twists, a lot of really interesting character moments. Um, the end actually made me tear up. Like, it was that powerful and That's that emotional. Pretty powerful. Um, it is somewhat undercut by the fact that it's an open world game. 
so once you go through this like really powerful like emotional catharsis at the end, it's like right back to the streets and Spider-Man zipping around beating up criminals with like no change in him, even though like oh there's huge emotional developments just happened. And we've gone through the credits and now you're over it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Um, the second DLC, I think, just came out. I, I've been playing through the first one. It's so far is not as good as the main storyline for the main game. Um, but we'll see how the other ones shape out. Because I think they've got like two or three more in the works. But if you haven't played it, it's worth checking out. Stanley, you know, stealing ideas in heaven now. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm <laughs> Um, but yeah, obviously you went up. No, I'm, just kidding. I'm sorry. That was terrible. I should burn it out for that one. Yeah, I um, uh, rip in peace. Rip in peace. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've exhausted all of our conversation topics for the day. I feel yeah. kind of bad because we only went for like an hour. Well, I said it was going to be a shorter episode today. So, yeah. but sorry, uh, y'all. That's all right. Uh, you don't want to listen to this on Thanksgiving. You want to hang out with your family, or maybe yeah. you don't. Maybe you just yeah. want to listen to this in your bedroom. Well, if, if you don't, if you want to go hang out with your family, go hang out with your family. We now have given you permission, so it's fine. <laughs> um, if you don't, you know, put this podcast on again, or go back and listen to our some of our older ones. Yeah. Or if you live in a country that doesn't uh, celebrate Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. or you've decided to not celebrate Thanksgiving, to happy, like happy most bur- of our bots in happy, Japan. Happy belated birthday of the Prophet Muhammad uh, yeah. for those of you. Who celebrated again? And uh, be mindful of the political history of Thanksgiving and its connotations. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, kind of terrible. Anyway. Kind of terrible. And fairness, the modern tra- the modern celebration of Thanksgiving started with FDR, so it's fine. All right. <laughs> well, I am Alex. I'm Nick Sill. I'm Elise. And this is Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.